Praise the Lord, everybody, and welcome once again to the Sanctuary of Quest Church. I want to just take a moment and tell you how much I've enjoyed the intimacy of these moments that we have enjoyed together over the last 30-something days. It's been incredible, and the response has been impeccable. Uh, how can you, you know, celebrate 88 people being saved in, in a two-week period from our ministry right here? I saw someone... Uh, commented a while ago that the enemy didn't see that one coming and no he did not see it coming and it just shows that our God is all powerful he is majestic and the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ is going forth from this sanctuary and we're seeing people saved I've prayed diligently for pastors friends of mine that have sought avenues of online experiences with their people and I've watched them expand their ministries as we have here and it's really been a joyous occasion so i just want to tell you how much i've enjoyed being with you online and of course we rejoice with all of the people that are being born again so therefore what i want you to do is just tag a friend in your comments see someone that needs to hear about the gospel of jesus christ because this could be the night that they could turn their heart over to jesus christ you would come into their life and be their Lord and Savior. So if you would just tag a friend there, someone that needs a message of hope, we would appreciate that. And also, Pastor Josh mentioned that this Sunday we're going to two services, 9 and 10, 32 different messages. And it will be a powerful experience this Sunday. And as you know, there was uh, an announcement made today from the governor about May the 1st. And how the churches are able to open up on May the 3rd. You know, we called the Norman City, uh, the city of Norman today, right after that announcement. And there seems to be a little difference in opinion on what's going to happen. And we're just going to ask you to just stay in touch with us, stay in close contact, so you'll know exactly the protocol that we will follow. Um, God has been good to us. All things are well. We see the light at the end of the tunnel now. And we're going to come out of this thing better than we were before it started, in Jesus' name. And then finally, we pray for the people in South Oklahoma. There was a tornado that went through there today. Uh, one person's life was lost today. So we speak the peace of God over that region. And God, we pray for quick restoration of that area, in Jesus' name. Well, we've been talking about the subject of stretch. And uh, I'm going to continue. We, we have been stretched, haven't we? Yes, we have. On Sunday, we talked about pressure. And tonight, we're going to talk about that subject that we all love to talk about, right? Patience. <laughs> we, we just love patience, right? Uh, in all seriousness, Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 32 is where we will begin reading. And I want you to pay close attention. And here's also what I want you to do. Stay with this message till the end, please. Don't get distracted, or if you need to do something in your living room or your kitchen, just turn your volume up, because what I have to say tonight is going to help you for the rest of your life, okay? Yeah. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 32, but call to remembrance the former days in which after you were illuminated, you endured a great fight of affliction. Now listen to that. He said, call the former days back. He said, you were illuminated or enlightened. And then the fight started. He said, then you had to endure afflictions. And then verse 33 said, partly while you were made a gazing stock, both by reproaches and 
by afflictions, and partly while you became companions of them that were so used. For you had compassion of me in my bonds, and took joyfully of the spoiling of your goods. In other words, you helped us, knowing in yourselves that you have in heaven a better and an enduring substance. I'll pause there and tell you, Quest Church, you have been amazing. Not only you, but our friends around the world and internationally by helping us with your giving. You have been strong and you have been consistent. And as your pastor, I want to thank you and I celebrate you for doing that. And this is what Paul is talking about here. Verse 35, he says, Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which has recompense of reward. Here's that verse, verse 36, that we all like to skip over when we're reading the Bible. (laughs) For you have need of patience. Oh, wow. That after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Verse 37, for yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. For we are not of them. Say that with me. We are not of them who draw back, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Father, thank you for the reading of your word. I ask you to bless the people tonight, change lives tonight in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Amen. You know, yesterday was a day of joy for Giovanna and I. We came up to the church and we were surprised by this line of cars that came through the parking lot with signs and honking the horn, saying how much they love Quest and they love their pastors. And our heart was just overjoyed. You know, I don't know about you, but this phase of the year, this time, or let's call it a duration, shall we, has been very challenging. So it was so refreshing to see smiling faces and people waving their hand, and it it still feels so awkward that you can't just go to the car and just give somebody a big hug. Those days are coming to a close, and we're very grateful for that. But one thing I've learned in this season is patience. Yeah, patience. When this writer writes this in verse 36 concerning patience, he says, you have need of patience. First of all, how did he know that? I can tell you because everyone has need of patience. You can't escape it. And then he says, after you have done the will of God, you will receive the promise Romans chapter 8, verse 24 and 25 reads it like this. For in this hope we are saved. Listen carefully. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what he already has? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we have to wait for it patiently. If you're going to hope for what you do not yet have, you have to wait for it patiently. So hope and patience kind of walk like heavenly twins in our life. We have expectation, then we have to wait. We have hope, then we have patience. Someone said that patience is defined as the quality of being patient. 
by bearing misfortune or pain, listen to it carefully, by bearing misfortune or pain without complaint. Oh, there it is. Loss of temper, without the loss of temper, irritation or the like. Patience is the ability or willingness to suppress restlessness or to suppress annoyance when confronted with delay. Patience. Wow. I wrote this down today. I made that definition simple. Here it is. Are you ready? Patience is the ability to accept delay without getting angry or getting upset. Have you ever sat in a line at a fast food restaurant that was very slow? You call it fast food for a reason. But it seems like it's taking forever. What about when you're in the left, the passing lane, and somebody's doing 50 miles an hour on a 70 mile per hour interstate? Your patience is being tested. I went fishing yesterday. Pastor Josh and I took a moment of reprieve, finally. We fished for probably, what, Josh, four hours? You know how many fish we caught? Uno. One fish. And I thought about it. You know, we wanted to just be pulling them out of there one after another, but it didn't happen. And when we were sitting there in that boat, I thought, you know what? I can be frustrated by the lack of fish, or I can take this moment to rest, relax, and reflect on all that God has done for us. So in your patience, you possess your soul. Think about that. It is in your patience that you, you possess your emotions, which means outside of patience, you are liable to be too emotional. So I wrote it like this. Patience teaches us that God is in control and we are not. Patience teaches us that God is in control and we are not. A.W. Tozer, I don't know if you've got, got about four people in here with me tonight, big old pack full of church people shouting at the preacher. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have ever heard of A.W. Tozer, but he's one of my favorite theologians. He's just incredible. His insight to, to scriptures, absolutely incredible. He wrote these words. I, wrote, I read them today. What then are we to do about our problems? We must learn to live with them until such time as God delivers us from them. We must pray for grace to endure them without murmuring. Problems patiently endured will work for our spiritual perfecting. They harm us only when we resist them or endure them unwillingly. Boy, that's a mouthful concerning patience. So the writer says you have need of patience. Well, thank you, Lord. You know we need it, and you have given it to us for about the last 40 days. So then I begin to ask myself, then, well, how is patience developed? If patience is that necessary, where does it come from? And I found it. You know where it's at. James chapter 1, verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations. Verse 3, 
says this, knowing this, listen carefully, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. The trying of your faith worketh patience. But let, circle that word let, but let patience have her perfect work labor. That you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. I'm just going to take these two words just for a moment. Let patience. Say that right there where you are. Let patience. That's, that is a phrase of allowance. That's giving permission. It's a voluntary action. Let is giving permission. If you are letting it, then it has to have permission to work. When I was studying and praying today, this is what I heard. When you resist patience, patience stops working. Yeah. At the core of patience is the idea of waiting. At the core of patience is the idea of waiting. Waiting for something that is temporary to pass. I hope you heard that. Waiting through a situation, watch this, that is out of your control. Patience is waiting through a situation that is out of your control. So I thought about that. How is patience developed? God does not, according to this text right here in James, God does not test our patience. He tests our faith. He doesn't test your patience. He tests your faith to see if the test will accomplish patience. So he doesn't test your patience. He tests your faith. Verse 3 says, the trying of your faith works patience. Not the trying of your patience works faith. He's not trying your patience. He's trying your faith, trying to develop patience. When he uses the word work, it means the trying of your faith worketh patience. Here's what it literally means. It accomplishes patience. It performs patience. It achieves patience. So the goal of the test is to achieve or accomplish patience. Your faith is being tried. The result is patience has landed in your life. That's a strong, strong statement. What is the trying of your faith? First of all, you can't have faith without a sense of expectation. I hope you hear me in your living room on tonight. You cannot have faith without a sense of expectation. Patience starts when what you thought would happen did not happen when you thought it would happen. Did you hear that? You had an expectation for it. And you thought you knew when it was going to happen, but it didn't happen when you thought it was going to happen. Therefore, now you have an opportunity to become disappointed, despondent, and discouraged, or you can enter into that wonderful rest called patience. God knows better than you. So if you didn't have it when you thought you were supposed to have it, then God had a reason why you didn't get it. Your job is not to be upset, irritable, or frustrated, but be patient, knowing that God has something in mind. The trying of your faith is putting your faith to proof. It's proving your faith. 
Patience is the quality. Listen to it carefully. In this context, patience is the quality of waiting calmly without complaining. Patience is the quality of waiting calmly without complaining. Patience is not just the ability to wait, but it is the ability to keep a good attitude while you're waiting. So I hope you're hearing me tonight. Patience is a wonderful virtue. Margaret Thatcher was not a good example of patience when she made this statement. I am extraordinarily patient. Provided I get my own way in the end. <laughs> That's how most people are. I'm patient as long as, it, as long as I get my way. That's not real patience. So I was thinking about this, you know, and I, I, I have one more point for you. First of all, there's the need of patience. I hope you understood that. Then there's the development of patience. We just went through that. Now let's talk about this. Mm. Let me see how I'll, I'll introduce this last point. I'll just say it like it. T.I. is. Patience with people. Mm. I was thinking today at my desk. Man, I was at my desk pretty much all day today. Giovanna was kind enough to let me get in there and be alone for a good season. Now, she did come in there and give me a hug every now and then. Praise the Lord. But I wrote this down. One of the quickest ways, listen, write this down now. One of the quickest ways to learn patience is to recognize what makes you impatient. Hmm. In seasons of waiting, we do not only learn what makes us impatient, but we learn who makes us impatient. Say that again, Pastor Rick. In seasons of waiting... We do not only learn what makes us impatient, but we quickly learn who makes us impatient. So you do not only learn what, but you learn who. So I started evaluating the kind of people that make me impatient. Critical people make me impatient. You go to the restaurant, it don't matter what they order, they're going to send it back. Man, I don't like going out to eat with people like that. Yeah. It can be perfect, but they're going to find one little, this little quarter of the mashed potatoes is cold. It's cold. <laughs> I promise you, if you just mix it all together, it'll warm that little cold up. But cri just criticize everything. Second kind of person that I'm impatient with is condescending people. They just feel like they're just a little bit better than everyone else. And the third kind of person I'm impatient with is complainers. You know, I'm just waiting for this season to end so that all these people that have been complaining, I can find out what the next complaint's going to be. It's entertaining. It's like watching a soap opera. You know, what's going to be next? Okay, this is over. Now what you going to complain about? Because I've learned people that are complainers, leopards don't usually lose their spots. So it's, it's going to be entertaining to see what the next complaint's going to be. Now I'm talking about me. 
So I've been praying, God, I know you're talking to me about this. And I found out that 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 4 says, as a pastor, i got to be patient with my people. Let me, let me ask the Lord right now. Help me, Jesus. Help me. But you have to be, all pastors have to, but I, I thought about that and then I turned the coin around. I thought about how many people have to be patient with me. You know, pastors are not perfect. We have opinions too. And here's the thing about this season. It has taught us patience in dealing with other people's opinions about where we are. And if we can't do that, then we're not being Christ-like. There's no need in being indifferent. We may differ, but we can't be indifferent. So we must learn patience. So most people look at patience like this. I'm patient with you, almost with an attitude, I'm giving you a chance to change. That's not patience. You ain't never changed nobody. Excuse my country vernacular, but you ain't never changed nobody. The only one that can change anyone is the Lord. So you can't be saying, I'm being patient until you change, because the fact is, they may never change. Being patient is tolerating them. It's remaining in the relationship while they are who they are. Now, here's the wonderful, great thing about life. Relationships can be spatial. So I encourage you to take people that frustrate you and try your patience all the time and just move them to a different circle. I didn't say move them out of your life. Just move them out of that irritating zone. Just move them two people down. Patience still works. Two people down. Preaching good, Pastor Rick. I can see the offerings coming in right now. God is so good. So most of us have more trouble being patient with people than we do being patient for promises. For the believer, listen to Pastor Rick carefully. Now, here here we go. For the believer, patience is not optional. For the believer, patience is not, not optional. Like compassion, patience is not a gift. Patience is a responsibility. So you can't say, I've got the gift of patience. No, patience is a fruit of the Spirit. And I don't know about you all, but I've never seen a tree just have fruit. You don't plant a tree and then, boom, the apple pops out or the orange pops out. No, you plant the tree and then the fruit grows on the tree. Same thing in the Spirit. You have to let patience grow in you. And for some of us, that patience is as hard to develop as self-control. Praise the Lord in the building. So patience is a virtue. Patience is a fruit. Fruit doesn't appear. It grows. So Paul tells the church at Ephesus in closing, chapter 4, verse 1, As a prisoner of the Lord, I urge you, listen to this apostle, To live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Man, that is heavy dialogue. I'm going to say it again. I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. See, we have 
a responsibility to represent the kingdom in a right way. That's a responsibility. Verse 2 says, here's how you do it. Be completely humble. Be completely gentle. Be patient. Uh Uh-oh. Bearing with one another in love. See, you can tell the truth, but if you don't tell it in love, ain't nobody listening to you. Love is what makes truth powerful. It's not what you say. It's the motive you say it from. You can tell truth with hate in your heart and turn people away. So truth must be carried in the hands of love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. That stood out to me. Patience with people requires effort. Patience with people requires effort. It doesn't just show up. When you work on it, it works for you. So here's the characteristics of the life worthy of the calling. Number one, humble. Number two, gentle. Number three, patient. Number four, bearing with one another, which means hold each other up. Listen carefully during a time of crisis. That's the life worthy of the calling, holding each other up during a time of crisis. And then finally, be at unity. So I pray you've enjoyed this tonight. I've enjoyed it. Stretch. For many of us, being patient is going to stretch us. You know, many of you are thinking, man, you must have to have God in your life to be that patient. And I can tell you that is true. And some of you need to come to the Lord tonight. If you do, he'll help you with that temper. If you come to Jesus tonight, he'll change everything around. You know, it's amazing when I lack patience. If I just pray, he gives it to me. You know why? Because I have a relationship with him. You can have that relationship with him. He'll help you with it. He'll help you develop it. If you are away from the Lord tonight, I encourage you, come to Jesus. Give him your heart. Give him your life. If you're away from the Lord, come home. The Father is waiting on you. We want you to let us know that you've made that decision to accept Jesus as your Savior. I encourage you, become a born-again believer. Your life will never be the same. Let me pray for you tonight. Father, I pray you will touch everyone that watched tonight. Help us to be better at being believers in you. Help us to be better at being representations of the kingdom. And I pray, God, you will touch people that are lost and people that are backslid, that they will come back to you, that they would give their life to you tonight, along with the 88 other people that's done that in the last two weeks. Father, we're believing you for 100 souls by the end of this week. 100 souls saved through this ministry. Father, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Guys, I love you. God is teaching. Are you learning? Success to you and success to the kingdom.